0: This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. (tries)
1: Yeah. <tries> Precious Lord, linger near When my life is almost gone Hear my cry, hear my call Hold my hand, lest I fall Take my hand Precious Lord, lead me home When the darkness appears And the night It draws near and the day is past and gone at the river I stand, guide my feet, hold my hand, take my hand, precious Lord lead me home, precious Lord take my hand, lead me on.
0: We'll begin with a call to worship. All have sinned and fall short, and God has mercy on us all. Therefore, we should have mercy on others and forgive as we are forgiven. Welcome to Worship, Good Neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ parish worship service, sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague, the Bridge Minister, and thanks to Jim Haugrud and Debbie Tagg, our musicians, and to Isaac Christensen, who'll be our recording engineer. You are able to join us at NUIC Podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning at WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services, or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578, 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. Today's radio uh, broadcast is sponsored by Marilyn Johnson and WPCA Radio, we thank for this uh, broadcast. Some other announcements that we have is that uh, we canceled the Wednesday night. And so again, this Sunday, we're doing the Disposition of Ashes at our regular worship. And then at six o'clock on the radio, we will be having Lenten services also. And on Wednesday nights at 5.30 will be a supper, and at 6.30 a Lenten service at our churches, and they'll be at Little Falls uh, the rest of the way. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church. You may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross, and you might enjoy making a small worship space to enhance your at-home worship experience. You may want to have a Bible or Bibles for the kids. And then uh, we will not be having communion on the, this tonight. We'll usually have it the first three Sundays of each month. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love, and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship together with God the Creator, Jesus our Savior, and the Spirit our breath of life. Amen. Continue with the confession and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. God of grace and mercy, we admit to you, to ourselves, and to this community that we have caused harm our failure <clears throat> to others through our actions and through our failure to act. Give us the humility to accept our failings and make things right where we can. Forgive us and help us to forgive ourselves. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In that love, God forgives you all your sin. For the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ, amen. We'll continue on with our gathering songs. Blessed
1: assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst descending, bring form above, echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song,
0: praising
1: my Savior all the day. Submission, mission all is at rest I in my Savior am happy and blessed watching and waiting looking above filled with his goodness lost in his love Chains are gone. (laughs)
0: Continue with the litany. It is not always easy to forgive. Our feelings are easily hurt. We may not even realize why. Underneath there is fear. Fear of not having enough. Fear of not being enough. We feel threatened, and so we are angry. But Jesus calls us to forgive. Not seven times, but 77 times. Forgiveness means being free of resentment. Forgiveness is as much a gift to ourselves as to others. Let us err on the side of compassion. Let us give the benefit of the doubt. Let us remember that God has forgiven us, even when we have not deserved it. Let us forgive as God forgives and live in peace With our community. We'll continue with the prayer of the day. God of grace and mercy, you have forgiven us far more and more often than we deserve. Make us equally forgiving to all those in our lives that we might live together in harmony. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue with the sharing of the peace. So again, you can bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today beginning with a touch on the forehead and use the trinity formula of being blessed for i am blessed in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen at this time if you want to turn to the holy scriptures we're going to be reading from psalm uh let me get this here psalm 20 or 32 verses 1 and 2 Happy are those whose transgressions is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. And then the gospel reading is from Matthew, the 18th chapter, verses 15 through 35. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, to you, you are a heavy green, that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church, and if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. As uh, As he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children, and all his possessions and payment to be made. have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? in anger his lord handed him over to be tortured until he would repay would pay his entire debt so my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart the gospel of the lord well we come to the children's sermon and i just want to share a little story for you and it's one that's a little bit more on the positive side the kind of thing that we want to see where there is harmony and forgiveness. And so kids, not all things turn out negative and where people are angry, although we see a lot of that. There are times when people surprise us with their kindness and gentleness. Many of you heard this story that are older, but for you young people, there's a story about two brothers, one single, one married, married with children, who owned a farm together. They shared equally in the produce that came from the farm. One day the single brother said to himself, it is not right that I share equally in the produce with my brother. After all, I am by myself and my needs are simple, but my brother has to take care of his wife and children. So the single brother would sneak out in the middle of the night and take a sack of his grain and secretly place, the, and put the grain in his married brother's bin. Meanwhile, unknown to the single brother, the married brother said to himself, It is not right that I share the produce of the farm equally with my single brother. After all, I am married and have my wife and children to look after me in the years to come. But my brother has no one to take care of him in the future. So the married brother too would sneak out in the middle of the night and take a sack of his grain and put it in the bin of his single brother. For years, the brothers were puzzled as to why their supply of grain did not dwindle. One night it happened that they both went to each other's bin at the same time. In the dark, they both stumbled and fell into each other, each carrying the sack of grain. Each was startled, but then they both realized what was happening. They dropped their sacks and embraced each other. And suddenly a bright light from heaven shone within a voice said, here is where I will build my dwelling. For where brothers live in love, there my presence will be. As we all know, we live in difficult, anxious times. During such time, each day we have opportunities to be selfless or self-centered. Hopefully, we'll choose to be selfless. As Mother Teresa of Calcutta once challenged us, let us do little things, but do it with great love. So as you share your gifts and talents with each other, or your little kindnesses with a brother or sister, or your parents, or with a friend, do it with great love. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. And in loving us, you have allowed us to love others. Help us to share what we have. Help us to love our brothers and sisters. Help us to love everyone. It is good to be yours, Lord, amen. of my mouth and meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight O Lord our Rock and our Redeemer." The text today is an interesting one. Uh, it's where Jesus is giving instructions to us and giving us the reasons why that we need to forgive each other and it's in many respects the, in, in, for the sake of the community in which you believe. I was reading in one of my Uh, One of my musings, there was a pastor who went into a church and changed a lot of things. And most of the things went well until he came to the deal where uh, he wanted to change the title of the members of the church from members to disciples. And it uh, struck the people kind of hard. They weren't sure they wanted to be disciples because members talked about belonging and what they were doing. Uh, but it's not that way. Jesus wants us to look at things differently where we are followers of him. The, the main idea from this text, from the narrative, uh, again, is about a community only thrives when forgiveness abounds. Maybe it's human nature to hold grudges. Despite all the messages of forgiveness from most faith traditions, people still seem to want to hold on to what they're owed. This might be money, respect, or reconciliation. People do well at keeping score and don't easily let go of resentment. But Jesus sees it differently. When two people disagree, he suggests first trying to work it out between the two. And if that doesn't work, Jesus says it's okay to bring in one or two others to mediate. If that still doesn't work, then bring in the community. If the person still doesn't wanna listen to the community, then that person he has already isolated themselves. They have made themselves as a Gentile and a tax collector, an outsider willing or unable to honor the word of the community. Jesus tells us the story of a slave that owed a great debt to a master. The master forgave the debt, but then the slave turned right around and refused to forgive the debt of another. For that he was tortured until he could pay his debt. Forgiveness only works for a community when everyone in the community contributes to the forgiveness. It's difficult for a community to become vulnerable enough to trust in each other's forgiveness. But when a community works toward it together, then that community can thrive. As long as members of the community are willing to trust and forgive, the community can continue to grow in faith, maturity, and deeping, deepening relationships. The disciples asked Jesus how many times they should forgive, and Jesus' response was clear. We can continue to forgive over and over and over again. So as we read this text, first of all, it's taking care of business. One of the things that we need to remember is that it's not okay, as I know I have a tendency to do, if somebody Uh, wrongs me or something else, I try to hold it in and not confront or deal with it. That isn't always helpful either. But to go and to work at making sure that both of us understand where we're at and where we see something that is wrong and so that disputes can be handled in a positive and good way. That is difficult, and it's one that we are not good at in the church. But it's also interesting that at the end of this or at the middle part, after that first part, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there is community because there he is in the midst of them. What a gift that is when we can learn how to handle differences and grudges and uh, owing and people, other things are making right that which is wrong and forgiving one another because then two or three, so many times we just say two or three are gathered, we forget about this part that we need to be forgiven and forgiving. Make it clear. And then of course it comes to the part where Peter gets kind of concerned. He says, well, my goodness, how many times do I have to forgive somebody? Well, I say seven, used to be in the scriptures, it was seven times 70. And from my understanding is seven is one of those numbers that is kind of a a perfect number or a long number. And so Jesus was saying, well, it's just all the time. You have to learn to forgive over and over again. It's not counting. It's just forgiving and letting go. And then the fourth thing that comes about is when he talks about the big debt that is owed. That the reason for this forgiveness is so that again, the community can happen. It can thrive. Or if it doesn't happen, it dissolves. Growing up, I heard about two ladies in my hometown, sisters, lived together, never married. But about 20 years before that, they got in an argument, and a serious one evidently, and they drew a line down the middle of the house and they were never to cross over that line. And people said they didn't for years and years and years. Or maybe you've heard how a person has left the church because of what someone said. Again, we had a lady in my hometown. Her daughter was in my grade, uh, was active in church and somebody said something one day and we never saw her in church again. Or I have a family, a relation that the father was going to give the oldest daughter some extra inheritance because she stayed back from um, college for a year to help him on the farm. But when he died, the mother had the youngest daughter live with her, and she gave the farm and everything to the younger daughter. And the family got so mad, they no longer talked to each other, the sisters. That's what happens when we hold our grudges. Isolation, divisiveness. There's a story that probably wouldn't happen today, because we don't, uh, (laughs) it was called Caught in the Act, and... Uh, Those who first read this, uh, unaware of the source of the story, commented that it was an unlikely story in today's world. Unfortunately, they are correct. We have become so accustomed to sin that it no longer causes us alarm. We may not even call it sin. Yet it is based on events that occurred only a few years ago. The woman in this story was lucky enough to have a pastor who knew both the power of sin and the power of grace. He knew that unless we confess our sin, we cannot be restored to full life in the community. It was in a small Midwestern town a woman was caught in the act of adultery. Her pastor visited her and found her brash and unrepentant. When he asked her to repent of her sins, she cursed him and told him to leave. A few days later, he brought two members of the church council to visit her. She laughed at all of them saying, what I did was no big deal. Finally, using Matthew 18:15 through 18, her case was brought before the members of her congregation, who listened to the testimony and weighed it carefully. When everyone had spoken, one of the elders advised, "It is a recommendation of the council that we remove her from our group. We will continue to pray that she repents of her sin and that we will, she will return to full fellowship." The congregation concurred. In the days that followed her removal, the woman confronted several members of the church on the street and showered them with curses. Many women crossed the street in order to avoid her anger. During the next few years, the pastor frequently saw the woman and spoke to her. She never returned his greeting. Then one day they met quite by accident in a back aisle of the town's largest grocery store. There is similar is seldom a day that passes when I do not pray for you, the pastor said. And the woman began to weep. Two weeks later on a Monday night, the woman entered his study. No longer brassy and bold, she confessed her sin and asked for his guidance. In the weeks ahead, the two met frequently for counseling and prayer. Then one day she asked, what must I do to enter the fellowship of the church again? He told her he'd bring the issue before the meeting of the whole church. When the congregation gathered, the pastor told the people the story. When he finished, nearly a dozen people stood and recounted the tales of their encounters with the woman. The pastor reminded the people that those clashes took place prior to her confession. Finally, the vote to reclaim her as a member took place, but it lost by a substantial margin. The pastor's face turned ashen when he heard the results. Before the president could adjourn the meeting, the pastor trembling stood and addressed the congregation. Our Lord Jesus tells us that if our sister sins against us 70 times and asks for repentance, we must forgive her. You have chosen to ignore the command of Christ. I have no other choice than to declare that all of you who voted against her reinstatement are hereby placed under church discipline. Until you confess your sin you will not be allowed to eat at the Lord's table. Until this congregation repents, there shall be no absolution. I expect that those who voted for a reinstatement will I- identify themselves. At the next meeting of the congregation, the woman was restored to membership by a unanimous vote. I kind of enjoyed that story because so many times we look at somebody who Who gets caught in sin and we judge and judge and judge where we are called to forgive 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 how often do we even confront sin in our congregations and it I know it doesn't seem to work very well but more than that how often do we really forgive and forgive those stories of people who leave the church because somebody said something or insinuated something or accused somebody of something that wasn't true or even was true but was done in a horrible vicious way who do we blame the one who left or the one who said those things we all have times where we have probably made some mistakes in how we have cared for others how we have let words destroy and divide. We have taken things out of context or we have let them simmer until they become huge between us and others. I wanna tell you another story that you've heard many times, but it's again a reminder of what happens when we, instead of building walls, we look to build those things that connect us together. Once upon a time, there were two brothers who are the best of friends. Born just a couple years apart, they grew up doing everything together side by side. Side by side, they explored the hills and streams and the woods that surrounded their parents' farm. Side by side, they ate breakfast in the morning. Side by side, they brushed their teeth before bed at night. They played sports, did their homework, helped with chores, played pranks on their parents, and they did it all side by side. The neighbors said, those two boys are joined at the hip. They were right the brothers couldn't be separated after high school the brothers decided they wanted to be farmers like their parents they saved up their money and bought they bought two farms and those farms you guessed it side by side the farms were in a beautiful valley it had lots of grass where the horses and cows could graze and it had rich healthy soil where good crops would grow there was even a pretty little creek that ran between the two farms for years the brothers farm next to each other. They helped each other. They shared tools and machines. They even shared some of their food that they grew. Many nights during the summer and the fall after a hard nice week, they would do some fishing and other things. But one time, the brothers got into a quarrel. It was their first serious conflict ever. It started out as a little misunderstanding, but it grew into a big argument. The older brother was certain that the, young, the whole thing was the younger brother's fault. The younger brother was just as certain that the whole thing was the older brother's fault. They started yelling and said some hurtful things to each other. Then they stopped talking altogether. The longer the silence, the anger of both brothers grew. They stopped helping each other. They stopped, they stopped uh, sharing tools. They didn't go near the creek where they used to meet to talk and fish. Then one morning when the younger brother was finishing his breakfast, uh, he heard a knock on his door. When he opened it, he found a man carrying a toolbox. The man said, I am a carpenter. I'm looking for a few days work. Do you have a few small jobs I can help you with? Younger brother had a flash of inspiration. He said, as a matter of fact, I do have a job for you. He pointed across the creek. Do you see that farm? That farm belongs to my older brother. We've been quarreling and it's all his fault and I'm furious at him. I want you to use the pile of lumber by my barn to build a fence along the creek. I want it to be eight feet high. No, make it 20 feet high. I don't want to see his property or his face ever again. The carpenter thought for a moment and then he said, I think I understand the situation. I'll be able to do the job that pleases you. The younger brother had to go into town for the whole day, but before he left, he helped the carpenter get the materials ready. Down to the side of the creek, they hauled lumber, nails, screws, and all the tools that were needed. As the younger brother's car disappeared from sight, the carpenter got busy. He worked hard. As he measured, sawed, and nailed, he thought a lot about the two brothers. The day was hot, but the carpenter was skilled and he did a fine job. Just as the sun was setting over the valley, The carpenter finished his project. He was loading his tools into the truck when the younger brother returned home. The younger brother was eager to see the fence he had asked for. But when he got out of the car, his jaw dropped. He couldn't believe his eyes. There was no fence there at all. Instead, there was a bridge. It was a simple bridge, but it was sturdy and lovely to look at. It stretched from one side of the creek to the other. But what surprised him most of all was the sight of his older brother coming across the bridge, his arms outstretched. The older brother said, what a fine brother you are to build this bridge. Thank you. The brothers met in the middle. First they shook hands awkwardly. Then they got down to business and hugged each other and apologized to one another for all the hurtful things they had said and done. When the brothers turned to thank the carpenter, they saw he was hoisting his last toolbox into his truck. No, wait, said the younger brother, stay a few more days. I have lots of other projects for you. The carpenter smiled and wiped his brow with a handkerchief. I'd love to stay on, he said, but I have to go. I have many more bridges to build. As the brothers watched the carpenter drive away, they promised one another that the next time they had an argument, they would meet in the middle of that bridge and work it out. They would stand there and work it out side by side. That's the challenge for us in the church. Instead of building walls and fences that divide us, we keep needing to look at how we can work together side by side, how we can apologize, how we can ask for forgiveness and how we can offer forgiveness to each other. To let old hurts go away, to let grudges be gone, Because Jesus is in the bridge building business and hits what he wants his church to be about. And it's not for just us in the church, but as we work with those around in our community. And even when he says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, it's saying, build a bridge, open up the way in which we can learn to walk side by side as one. Because where two or three of us gather, in Jesus' name, there he is in the midst of us. So this Sunday, may you commit yourself to being a bridge builder, working alongside the great carpenter who builds bridges. Amen. Bind
2: us together,
1: Lord, bind
0: Let us share together our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffering under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We'll continue with the prayers of the Church.
2: of Jesus Christ's unending love, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Loving God, you have taught us to walk in your way of mercy and peace. Teach us to forgive, that we might better serve our siblings in Christ. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Make us intentional stewards of your awesome creation. Heal this planet, so that it might bring forth abundant life for generations to come. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. As we walk together on this journey of Lent, give us the humility to see where we have harmed others. Free us from shame that we might put right our wrongs and know that no matter what, your love for us is sure. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Pour your healing upon all who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Randy Goglin, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Helen Erickson, Shirley Lenz, Wayne Jones, Gary Fredrickson, Julie Dubois, Jim Wade, Rachel Seacrest, Scott Morgan, Arlene Johnson, Matt Quera. Ida Martinson, Jean Hoisington, Clara Gerrish, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Jerry Johnson, Becky Anderson, Helen Jorgensen, and Rhonda Zantelli. We also remember the people of Ukraine and Turkey and Syria. Be with them and give them your comfort, Lord. Heal the hurts of our sin and restore us all to wholeness. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. Give us a heart for grace toward peoples the world over. Help us to forgive hostile actions, real or perceived, and reach out in reconciliation to the whole human family. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. With gratitude, we remember all the saints who have taught us to forgive as we have been forgiven. Merciful God, you hear our prayer. We lift these prayers to you, gracious God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
1: Lord, listen to your children.
0: As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Our offering prayer, gracious God, we cannot possibly repay the debt we owe to you for all that you have given us. We return now what we can for the life of your church, that all might be richly blessed through these gifts. Accept them for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Continue with the Lord's Prayer Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Amen.
1: Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The unity of heart and mind is like to that above before. Our, hopes and our aims are one, our comforts and our cares. From sorrow, toil, and pain, and sin we shall be free. And perfect love. Go.
0: listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Namor, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org That's nuicparish.org Until next time.